happy. You got to be happy. Come on and be happy. Sing a little song. Welcome to the Love Live Music Industry Secrets of Success podcast. If you're interested in being successful in your music industry career, you have come to the right place. In this podcast, we will be chatting with the super successful people who make the music industry tick. We'll be picking their brains, extracting their secrets for success, and listening to their reflections on their careers. My name is Sally Jackson Freeman and I've been working in the music industry since the 1980s. I started out as a runner in my dad's recording studio, working with iconic bands and producers. Today, having worked with multiple global artists and completing a 10-year stint at Glastonbury, I'm still in the business, speaking, lecturing on a master's course, and mentoring the next generation of music industry professionals. Over the past 30 years in the music business, I've pretty much seen and heard it all, the good, the bad and the ugly. And the one thing I know beyond doubt is that behind every superstar is a huge team of highly successful and talented individuals who help the artists realise and monetize their talent. This podcast is dedicated to finding out what makes these people so successful and sharing their insider knowledge and tips with you. For my first season, I will be chatting with 10 people I've worked with who I know are at the top of their game. This week, my guest is Mark JB. Not only is he my wonderful cousin, but he is an incredible British producer. He has over 90 number one hits across the USA and the UK. He is a pioneer and tastemaker and one half of the producer's Bimbo Jones. He has remixed artists including Lady Gaga, Rihanna, Pink, Keisha, Kylie, Kalise, The Killers, Tinchy Strider, Katy Perry, Alexis Jordan and many, many others. He's been nominated the world's best remixers six years in a row. Wow. He's a co-producer on the Latin Grammy-winning and Grammy-nominated album with Sergio Mendes. JB has worked with Cindy Lauper, Beverly Knight, Simon Bartholomew, The Brand New Heavies, Omar, Casey and Jocelyn Brown. Mark's film and TV catalogue is played across the globe, reaching millions of listeners every year. He has had cuts with several Prime Network adverts and films including Tomb Raider 2. Mark is a seasoned songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, jazz pianist, sound designer and a pioneering force in a static dance, future disco, funky house, future bass and organic ambient music. Hello, Mark. How Hi. are you? I'm really good today, thank you. <laughs> That's so great. Wow, with a CV like that, I don't even know what to say. You've, well, you've worked with some incredible artists. You've had huge number ones, numbers of number ones. Wow, I'm so impressed. So, welcome to my podcast. Thank you so much. And where are we today? We are in my studio, which is located in a top-secret location, <laughs> in an underground bunker in south-east London. I'm only joking, there's a beautiful window overlooking onto some greenery there just for uh, some creative respite. Yes, it's a beautiful space. I have to say, we're surrounded by top quality recording equipment, fantastic microphones and lots of Mark's instruments. One of the things I want to ask you about is that you've got this project, A Thousand Musical Instruments. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, well, uh, for years I was doing mostly electronic music with the remixes 
And I've always come from acoustic band, like I was in a thrash band when I was 14. And I love musical instruments. And I was getting all of these projects, writing for film and TV, doing ethnic world music, contemporary uh, genre uh, mashups. So I, instead of, I just thought, oh, I have a Chinese project. I shall buy every single Chinese <laughs> instrument or I'll buy every single Arabic instrument. And it's just turned into this passion. I have now got probably about 500 instruments at home. And I have an Instagram page called at 1000 Instruments and I have a project to play 1000 Instruments and I'm doing it slowly because I'm just really enjoying coming across some very rare instruments, other people's instruments too and my thousandth instrument will be the nails banged into my coffin. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that, that's so cool. (laughs) Okay, well, I I put my hand up now and I will say I will be there with a microphone. Yeah, thanks. Well, actually, no, you'll probably live beyond me. (laughs) You're probably going to live to about 110, so ask your children. (laughs) Um, So, Mark, oh, such a pleasure to have you. I'm really looking at successful people on this podcast and I see you as one of those. And from the people that have listened to my first podcast, I'm going to ask the same questions to all my guests And one of the things I think that makes a very successful person is the character that they have. So I'm going to ask you, as your first question, is there one characteristic or one trait that you could pick out that has underpinned your success? I would actually say resilience, because so much of my drive is is based upon trauma. Uh, For example, being at boarding school and just being that different guy. Mm. I was the different guy. I I had a whole realm of nicknames and I was just uber not understood at school you know I just don't fit into any of the cliques I don't fit into the sports clique I don't fit into the music clique nobody understood me so Mm. I just ended up being quite um, uh, misunderstood and at at the school that I was in at the time there's quite a hierarchy of bullying of which I was somewhere within that pecking order and it was just it was horrible absolutely horrible And I was so traumatised by that, that the one defining thing that came out of that was, I want to show these gits that I'm going to be more, I want to be more successful than these other boys. This is a boys boarding school. That was it. That was my driving force, which has propelled me for years and years and years Mm. until I finally got over that trauma and forgave all those people and forgave myself just by understanding where everyone came from. And... I think that resilience is the most important character trait I have because you get so many knockbacks in the music industry. You get told no all the time. I remember when when I first started out, I was making music, which I personally loved. I would listen to it and feel really like uplifted and joyful. I'd play it to friends and family and they, of course, give me the thumbs up and say how great it is, but they're biased, of course. I didn't really have like feedback to mirror back to me if the music was any good. I was sending it off to record companies, shut doors everywhere. It was so disheartening. Then eventually I met my dear friend Lee Dagger, who's a DJ, and I made a song in the studio during the day, took it over, he played it out in front of a crowd of three, 300, pe- 300 students in Greenwich. They went crazy. And here I am looking at that, going, wow, that's amazing. Then we went back to the studio, made another song. He plays it out to a crowd of 3,500 people. They all go completely bonkers. <laughs> and here I am looking at all these people going, we love your music, it really works for us. And then the, the, the penny dropped was that 
most record companies, um, uh, organisations, they have their kind of like in-house um, you know, sanctum of people that they use and it can be very difficult to get in there. There's a, a lot of friend, friendships in these things that, that people use and I realised that all the closed doors were not because I of the quality of my music. It was due to... Um, they're, they're just almost some of them can be quite impenetrable and that actually my music was fantastic it works so resilience has helped me get through all of that and I've knocked on millions of doors in my life I lie in bed sending emails off to random people all the time going would you like to collaborate well not so much these days because I don't need to do that but I used to send like umpteen emails every day and eventually the doors opened and the opportunities came in and then you just follow that chain of success, successive um, wins and eventually you find some success for yourself. Resilience. Wow. Resilience. I love that. I, I think that's really great. And I actually also like the thing that you said about getting true feedback. I think sometimes that can be really difficult, you know, because we have our friends and family that go, yay, that's great. So I think it's also quite useful to find someone that can work with you or, or reflect honesty to you. Yeah, and not just honesty, but constructive honesty. Yeah. Because a lot of people are, can be quite jealous or envious and they will tell you that your music's dreadful because they are jealous or envious of you or they That's just so simply true. don't want you to get the opportunity whereas they yeah. could have got it themselves. So there is a lot of people out there who deliberately try and keep everybody down so mm. they can relatively feel better. That's so true too so as well. So when, when, when you're yeah. basically... I never. I just disregarded everyone's criticism forever. Yeah. And if I like it, that's the only measuring stick that I need to know. I love and that. if I like it, there's going to be other people in the world that like it as well. Yes. It's as simple as that. That's people listen to that bit of advice because that is spot on. And you do have to have wild self belief. I think that's something that can be so difficult sometimes. But if you combine that and work on it with resilience, that keep on going. And it. Yeah. <laughs> the second question I want to ask you is, um, and we've sort of touched on it a bit, actually, reflections from the past. So you're now looking back from this position of strength and success. What advice would you give to your 18-year-old self if you could talk to that 18-year-old boy? And is there anything you'd do again? Is there anything you'd avoid? You know, what would you say? Would You, you might say nothing. I was sitting in the garden this morning having an incredibly strong bulletproof coffee. <laughs> really recommend bulletproof yeah. coffees. And mulling this over yeah. and really thinking about what's what's the true answer to that. Mm. And the answer is nothing. Because I needed to I needed to go through all those mistakes. Mm. I needed to have all those closed doors in order to find my true power of believing in myself. Because when you really get knocked down and your ego gets smashed to pieces, then then you get to approach everything with a new grace and humility. And people love that. In, yeah. the, in the music industry, you have a lot of people who act for themselves. Mm. You, you find that there's a glass ceiling. Above that, these people don't exist in the world. Above that, there's just people who are genuinely nice and kind and want to help you out. And the only way to get above that glass ceiling is to be a genuinely nice, 
you know, <laughs> gracious person. Like, that people want to be around. All right, mate, how you doing? Oh, I'm great. And there's no, like, disingenuousness about yeah. it. You know, it's you're right. You're there. Yeah. I only work with people who are just so much fun and awesome. Yeah. You know, I mean, the some of the artists, they have character per- personality traits which can be quite uh, disharmonious, which will drive them to expose their vulnerabilities and creativity into the world because they need to, they need to disseminate their creativity. So there needs to be a vehicle for them to carry their creativity into the world. So some artists can be quite egocentric, but generally I'll say behind the scenes with producers, uh, record in- industry execs, that it's just awesome, wonderful, kind, fantastic people. So basically, if if you're an asshole, yeah, sort your acts out. Yes, <laughs> seriously, it, it just don't. Yeah. don't it, if you find yourself putting other people down so you can feel better, this is not going to help you in the long run. It might give you a like short term win, but in mm. the long run, it's going to basically be like putting a shotgun in your <laughs> face and and putting the trigger. So true. I mean, it's like that in life, isn't it? You want to work. You just want to be with the nice people. The yeah. kind people. Yeah, and it's just like nice, kind people. I just speak, my manager, Al, who's down in Devon, I speak with him every day and he is just, he's just so upbeat and happy. Yeah. Even when he's feeling down, he is upbeat and happy. He's like, yeah. oh, I just love him so much. I work with my best friends, all the producers oh. and, and record company people. They're all, all my best mates. It's great. It's just, it, and this is actually... What I was coming back to earlier with trying to approach record companies is that they all know their best mates and they just have a group of people they can work with because it's easy, right? But here's the trick. To get into that inner sanctum that you want to get into, basically one day someone's going to mess up. (laughs) People always mess up or they get too old, they retire or die. You never know. (laughs) When I was doing jazz gigs in London, I was running a jazz band and I... I got some awful gigs and then I kept on knocking on doors and eventually I got a phone call. Oh, can you do a jazz band for me in one hour in in Camden? I was like, yeah, sure, no probs. Oh, a bloody jazz band hasn't turned up. That was it. Someone didn't turn up. People can be really unreliable, yeah? So I turned up and then I ended up building up this empire because people kept on not turning up. I'll get all their gigs. Then I was running like several bands in London, it was brilliant. And I, I've applied that same strategy to everything yeah. that I do, is that one day someone doesn't turn up. Your name is there on the desk, maybe with a bit of dust on it, <laughs> and they go, oh, where's that card that bloke gave me? Uh, or where's that phone number in my book? Oh, let's phone him up. And uh, yeah, yeah, mate. Oh, quick, get me out of the... I'm in dire straits here. Yeah. That's it. You just start building up from there. I was actually thinking about that this morning about, I think there's a Woody Allen quote that says, you know, half of life is just actually turning up. Yeah. And, you know, (laughs) just turning up and kind of almost to give people help. So, you know, have a business card, have a website. If you can't afford any of that stuff, have an Instagram, have a Twitter account, make connections, take a risk and put yourself out there. Yeah, and and people... People like get the wrong idea about social digital media is that it's a way to like hammer your message out to people. Mm. Really what it is, I think that the best way to use that is to put up things that express who you are, um, what you love doing and how you feel about yourself in a positive way. Um, and like wonderful creative things that happen. And people might just like glance that 
And then they think one day, oh, yeah, I've got this project. Who can I think of? Or is that bloke who yeah. puts, or is that girl that puts stuff up on Instagram? Let's let's contact them. Yeah. I got a message like that a few months ago from someone. Now I'm working on an amazing app, um, doing doing um, music to help you change your state of mind. And that came from my Instagram feed. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, it's your authentic voice, isn't it? Your authentic it, voice. It's who mm. you are, and it's kind of. I think sometimes we can worry that you know it all looks so perfect. It doesn't have to look perfect. It's, you know, it's who you are. And I think people are attracted to that. Yeah. They really are. So, yeah, I totally agree. Um, So what do you think for you personally is the best piece of advice you have received? And did you act on it? Just one single... Specifically in the music industry, I'm I'm going to define it a bit. Oh, yeah. I got one piece of advice from my mate. My dear mate, Mike, um, who I used to run a function band with in London. I remember Mike. He's lovely. Yeah, he's great. And he's he's basically, he sounds like James Brown. He's yeah. just amazing. And he's so fierce. I love him. I love him. <laughs> I learned so much from Mike. I had, I was working with my dear friend Lee and we were being managed by Alistair, who was working with the 19 camp, which is Simon Fuller. Yep. Uh, who runs Spice Girls and now David Beckham. And Simon Fuller had heard a song and he was offering us a publishing deal. So we went to Music Lawyers and we looked at the contract and we were being offered a, a nice sum of money. And I was umming and ahhing over it. Oh, will I get offered something better? You know, can we use this as collateral to go off and get another deal? You know, the kind of things that that we are programmed to to think about in life because we're always thinking about the next best thing. Is this going to be the best thing? Am I worth more? You know, it's like ideas, self-worth in here as well. Um, that's like negative self-worth coming up, you know, yeah. trying to get something more. I'm worth more than this. And I was umming and ahhing about this contract and we were really stretching it as far as we could go. You know, we've got everything in there, you know, all the extra perks. And then I was having a gig with Mike and it was such a sad gig. It was for a 21-year-old girl who to celebrate her 21-year birthday party and she had terminal cancer oh, no. and she had only had a couple of weeks to go. And I was standing at the bar with Mike and I was telling him all about this and he, and he goes, don't you be such a beep moron, Mark. <laughs> Just sign a bloody thing. Like he really had a big go at it, yeah. uh, at me for it because he had been yeah. through something similar and he was just giving me his advice. Yeah. So that was, that was the piece of advice in that moment. I went and signed it, signed the contract. We got our money, which wasn't a huge amount of money, but it was, it was enough back in 1998 to go and put yeah. a deposit down on the house. Actually, I was going to go to Caribbean. I was going to buy a new car. I was going to do all these new things with the money. Yeah. But my dear mate Lee, he says, right, eight o'clock tomorrow morning, I'm coming to pick you up. Picked me up, took us to a mortgage advisor, got a nice mortgage deal. Then he took me to a estate agent. I bought a house. Wow. Yeah. Well done, Lee. Uh, yeah, thank I you thought, very much, Lee. I thought he would have said, let's go to Vegas, because that's where <laughs> Lee actually lives. Hello, Lee, if you're listening to this right I now. I am so eternally grateful to wow. Lee and to Mike for Amazing. helping. They're like angels who have like set me on the yeah. right right path. And this is the whole thing, hanging around with, like, you know, if you've got your best friends, you've basically got people watching mm. your back. And when it when the really big decision comes, then they'll be there behind you. You know, yeah. you want to be hanging out with people that you like, that you trust, that are kind. Brilliant. Yeah. 
I, I really love that. And hello to Mike and Lee again. Uh, you are amazing people. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> they had that all the way from Vegas. Um, so effective people have effective habits. That's a proven thing. I'm thinking of Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey, a great book if you want to read about all this stuff. Uh, so, Mark, what habits or practices do you have in place to make yourself effective, specifically, I'd say, in your job as a producer, but as a human being as well? I mean, they're both one and the same. Well, they're, actually, they're different. I don't know. You answer that however you would like to well, answer that. Well, Sal, I'm actually trying to be less infectious at the moment. My <laughs> infectious habits... Did do... I say infectious? Oh, no, I'm joking. <laughs> effective habits. So... Effective habits. We are on. We're on. We're socially distancing in the studio in the coronavirus pandemic as we speak. So yeah, um, effective habits are. Ooh, yeah, it's doing things properly. So if I'm, if I'm being, if I'm uh, cutting up a vocal and producing a vocal, I'll just do it properly. I won't do What do you mean by properly? I'm going to dig a bit deeper here. Uh, because, um, say you've got two jobs yeah. and one person's paying you a your proper fee and then there's an, another person that you're doing a job for and they're paying less of a fee because they just simply haven't got the money or they're doing a favour in exchange. Yeah. You might just choose to do less of a job on, on their job. But I always do a proper job on everything. I always do go full out. So I always produce everything up to the absolute maximum of my ability. So that's one effective habit. Another effective habit is always be pioneering. So the the biggest thing that's going to kill your career is by sitting on your ass and doing the same old shit. <laughs> right? Because everyone will catch up. If if you're if you're being pioneering for a while, everybody will be like, oh, that's good. They'll start copying you because it's an industry of copy. Uh, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that if someone's copying your stuff, you're actually inspiring them. That's what being a pioneer is, is that you inspire other people. Like we would produce Bimbo Jones remixes, and then a month later we would hear other remixes and songs in the charts which had the same bass sounds, the same kind of arpeggiated synths. You know, we were really pioneering the mm. a sound of music uh, with with the work that we're doing. And uh, for a time, I thought, oh, that's well out of order. <laughs> and then I realised, oh, hang on, I'm a pioneer. And the way to do this is to just keep on pioneering. Mm. So just keep on your game, keep on learning new things, keep it all fresh. Because if you're not pushing your creativity... I've got news for you people. The universe comes along and it sticks a, it sticks a stick in your wheel and yeah. you, you go over the handlebars. So you just got to keep inspiring yourself to, to keep going ahead, pushing you the realms of your creativity and, and keep it all fresh uh, and new all the time and then you will continuously have the new opportunities flow into your way. Another one is taking care of myself because... I I have, with all the DJing and, and the loud gigs, I have exposed my ears. And, and for years, I, my eardrums were so flappy as I couldn't listen to anything and it was really painful. Mm. So now I take really good care of of my body, my hearing apparatus, my eardrums. Yeah. Do you, uh, can you recommend any kit that you use? Uh, yeah, get some... Uh, if you're going to loud gigs, get some in-ear... 
um, sound, sound attenuators. They're very good. Um, but don't also just just know that the the ears are very very good at looking after themselves i have really bad tinnitus i i cured my tinnitus wow. because it's it's due to the little hairs um dying or sticking with each other and they just vibrate freely so i just uh i just instructed my body to heal to like get rid of all the hairs that were vibrating and i instructed my brain to block out all of the vibrations and and now, now I, you know, my hearing's almost perfect. So you, you, wow. you can actually fix your hearing. And I know that I'm talking f- from experience. I can fix my hearing. I yeah. fix my hearing. Um, so looking after myself, I just over the years I'm eating a lot better and you know, being much more mindful about things, and you know, building up this fantastic studio space. Another effective strategy is to be able to do more of the things. So I've been learning loads of instruments as part of pushing my creativity and being more useful. So if people, like yesterday I produced, I did a remix with like a Nile Rogers guitar, which I played myself and I can play m- most instruments and sing, etc. So it, it's just just literally being effective at what yeah. you do is yeah. the effective strategy. Yes. Yeah, you you seem as though... Um, you do have an incredible resilience and you are continue, continually innovating. Does that take energy, do you think? How do you get to that positive mindset? Because I know lots of people are going, wow, I'd love to be able to do that, but how is Mark doing that? What, how is he able to keep on going and be that positive? I, I've actually had a whole year looking into that. And it's about the idea of being in the flow. Yeah. So if something suits you, you put energy into it. If you feel a passion for something, you do it. If you feel unmotivated and you don't want to do it, you just sit in the garden and have a cup of tea. So I did that for one year and I realised on the end of that is that you need to feel passion when you're to do your creativity. Mm. So, you know, look after yourself and put yourself in a nice state of mind and then follow those passions that arise, switch on your studio and make some amazing music from the heart. That's it. And like having a sense of gratitude for everything. So that's yeah. another effective strategy, gratitude. Yeah. Because it's like a magnifier. Um, it's an amplifier for everything, gratitude. Uh, it's so surprising, like learning that gratitude, which I thought was just a byproduct of, of something else, is actually a fundamental quality to that you can put into everything and it actually amplifies success. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I like that. And I, I think that's very true. Um, although everything sounds so fantastic and, you know, life sometimes can be hard. It just can be. Yeah. And difficult things happen. So looking at your career, what have you found to be the hardest thing to deal with? So during lockdown, it's been like Groundhog Day and I've been sitting in the garden on my own um, sometimes completely uninspired by anything, having in solitude, having feelings of depression and um, loneliness, uh, and wanting wanting someone to validate me as as that I exist. And it's been amazing actually, Sal, because I've just been sitting there and kind of going around this little loop, and everything's been coming up. I've just been really authentic and just sitting there with the feelings and just feeling into what does this feel like? What does this downness feel like and eventually it all just bubbles away mm. it just bubbles away and dissipates and after this reason uh, after this time i feel so 
beautifully calm and serene <laughs> inside and very naughty as well. <laughs> I want to say thank you, Mark, for sharing what you've just shared. It's really honest and I think super powerful and amazing that you've resolved it and you're working on all these areas. I just think that's incredible. I think that would be really helpful for listeners to hear because it's sometimes very complex in the music industry. Um, I'd really love to say one final thing, yeah, if that's sure. okay. Is I'd just like to talk about how we actually became successful. Yeah, that would be brilliant. Uh, and the, how it relates I think, today. Yeah, um, the, well, the last question, and I think it relates yeah. to that. So I'd love to know how you became successful because that's what we're looking at. But also to tie that in for the advice for the next generation of producers that are coming through, how they become successful as well. You know, so reflecting on your own success, what can you give to them really perfect it's the it's the same answer yeah we i was working with lee he i was coming from the music production side he was coming from the dj uh, performer side and we we were rocking crowds i mean it was brilliant we were in nightclubs he was djing i was listening to the production sitting on the sub bass speakers to how the sound changes watching audience reactions altering the the breaks the hi-hats all the music was born on the dance floor we go back to the studio change everything bring it back the next week see how the audience reacted to it then we knew it worked but all the record companies wouldn't give stems for remixes they weren't wouldn't sign up our stuff it was shut doors everywhere mm. so we had we had a great plan we got out five and a half thousand pounds of our life savings <laughs> and we went to uh, a vinyl pressing factory in Hayes um, which was, it was an unbelievable place. Is that the vinyl place, like the place yeah, in London? Yeah. And, and we pressed up a, a series of 12 inches white labels and we went into, we just put Bimbo Jones on the front, which is our name, and we put them, we went around all the record shops and it, bearing in mind this is before social digital media was big. So at these times, you, this is, this is kind of like how we did it. Um, we went around and just said to all the, the record shops, look, you can have these for free if you put them on your top shelf. And within about two months, we were sending we were sending off emails to record companies to go, can we have the remix stems, please? And they were coming back and saying, oh, yeah, we, we've heard of you. We saw you in Black Market Records. Yeah, here's the remix stems. And then we got one one win, and then other people started to go, oh yeah, these Bimbo Jones boys, they can do something. And we got another win and then someone then we got number one in the in the dance charts. And then uh and then we did a remix which got cross promoted in the States. We got number one there. And then all of a sudden wow. the floodgates were open. Everybody wanted us to remix the songs and then now we've got ninety number ones in the UK and US dance charts. Can you say that number again? How many number ones have you got? Ninety. Ninety. Nine zero. Almost one hundred. Yeah. That story is insane. I didn't know that. That's the first time I've heard that. That's incredible. So the way that the way that it kind of translates into the modern world is yeah. now we're in this world of social digital me digital media think of it like a hub you've got you in the middle you have got all these different things like uh, youtube instagram facebook websites um Bandcamp, whatever you're on and it all comes back to you like like spokes on a wheel yeah and every single thing that you've been got out there if you've got your authentic voice on there there might just be someone who is listening, who who sees something that you put up now, which they just store at the back of their head. And in 10 years' time, they think, 
there's that there's that person who did that. I know exactly how who to contact. And then and then they'll 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 find you. They will come and find you. And that's how to do it now is 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 pushing, pushing too hard, trying to open doors don't work. Instead, being amazing, being absolutely dazzling, being your authentic self, being making uh being creative from your heart is what people genuinely see and it goes through all of their deep down through all of their ego filters into their subconscious and they just know in their gut instinct that you're actually doing the right thing and when something comes up that that they need someone who uh, and it resonates with what you do they come and contact you so to be successful these days, just be absolutely amazing at what you do and let everybody know. Wow. Not, not, not by badgering them, <laughs> yeah. just, but just by just sharing like, look what I did today. I yeah. recorded this beautiful guitar. Here's a little ex- excerpt. Yeah. And like just sharing all these little magical creative yeah. gems because not, every, not everyone is creative. In fact, that's not true. Everybody is creative. When you're talking about a legacy, is that everybody will leave a legacy because even if repeating same trauma patterns or if we break the loops of trauma patterns, by the law of chaos, we send out waves for the whole of humanity that change the state of the world forever. So we all leave a legacy. But some of us get to leave our, our name against digital you know, copyright yeah. material and have, have a copyright legacy. For me, that's not important. Um, neither is having a legacy. I just enjoy the moment and enjoy life. Well, thank you, Mark JB. What, that answer is just fantastic and it's a great place to end and I couldn't agree more with you. Um, I think there's so much to take away there and uh, I want to thank you for being a guest on the podcast and... Um, and thank you to everyone who's listened. If you want to find out where Mark lives, Mark, what's your website, your socials? Where can people find you? Uh, just do a search for Mark JB, M-A-R-C-J-B. My website is markjb.com, M-A-R-C-J-B.com. You'll find me on Facebook and Instagram as Mark JB. Thank you, Mark. That's been brilliant. Thank you, Sally. Thank you for listening to the Love Live Music Secrets of Success podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Love Live Music UK or come and visit my website www.lovelivemusic.co.uk. Come on and be happy. Sing a little song.